Hi, my name is Drian Arney, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker working in private practice in the state of Florida. Welcome to the Cultivative Conversation podcast, where I engage guests in deep conversation using questions designed to assist with building healthy relationships. These questions explore themes of gratitude, nostalgia, sharing, and learning to invoke togetherness and intimacy through conversation. Hi, so I'm back, and I know that it has been a while since I have recorded, but also since I've released an episode, and I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who has reached out to me um, in the in-between time, asking about when the next episode is dropping, have you dropped anything, and I just didn't see it on my feed. Um, It felt really good to know that there are people who are looking forward to episodes. Um, and yeah, it definitely has motivated me to get my mic out and do some recording. One of the reasons why I took some time away from recording is because I became very overwhelmed, um, not just with recording and the process of managing a podcast, which side note, um, is a lot harder. It's a, it's, requires a whole lot more than I think I took into consideration when I started to embark on this part of my journey. Um, But I've been appreciating every bit of it, but also reached a point where I recognized that I needed to take a step back and just prioritize the things that were coming up for me um, so that I could give the attention that I know I would feel good about to all of the things that have become important to me. With that being said, we are now in the month of May, and May 1st marked the start of Mental Health Awareness Month. I wanted to be intentional with how I plan the episodes that will be shared this month, and I've decided to take some time to engage you all in conversation related to topics that often come up in my work with clients as a mental health therapist. The first of these topics is self-care. My goals this episode are to provide some insight into what self-care practice is and how you may be able to incorporate safe, healthy, and effective self-care behaviors into your practice, and to share a little bit about what self-care has looked like for me recently. Self-care activities are the things that we do to maintain good health and well-being. There are many behaviors that qualify as self-care behaviors, and I often encourage exploring the ways in which Our behaviors improve and our help maintain our physical, emotional, social, mental, spiritual, and professional selves. I'm going to break each of those down for us now. Physical self-care behaviors refer to the things that we do that contribute to the health of our physical body. Examples include eating healthy foods, exercising, wearing clothes that make us feel good about ourselves, keeping up with medical appointments, and the list can go on. Emotional self-care refers to behaviors that we engage in that support our ability to maintain and manage our mental and emotional needs. Examples of these behaviors include taking time off, engaging in hobbies, taking time away from distractions like our phones, and talking about our problems to people that we trust to support us. Social self-care behaviors refer to the things that we do that support our ability to develop, and maintain healthy, supportive relationships with others. Examples include meeting new people, spending time with people that we enjoy, asking others for help when we need it, and keeping in touch with old or distant friends. 
Spiritual self-care behaviors are the things that we do that support our connection to ourselves and or higher power if you believe. This includes but is not limited to spending time in nature, meditation, prayer, setting aside time for thought and reflection, making decisions that are in line with our values, and participating in causes that are important to us. And finally, professional self-care. This refers to the ways in which we take care of our needs as a professional. This may look different depending on the profession that you work in, the kind of job that you do and what is required, but some examples of how effective professional self-care can look, um, that may include saying no to new responsibilities that are excessive, taking breaks during break, I'm sorry, taking breaks during work, keeping a comfortable workspace, and taking on projects that we find interesting and rewarding. These are all behaviors that you may already be doing as part of your normal routine. If this is true for you, I want to affirm that you are likely doing a great job of taking care of yourself. However, if you find that you struggle with incorporating these types of behaviors into your daily practice, I encourage that you identify one area in which you would benefit the most and one of these behaviors that you can put into practice for the next week. Then I encourage you to put that one behavior into practice for the next week and then for another until it starts to feel like a normal part of your daily, weekly, or even monthly routine. Another thing that I think is important to be mindful of is the fact that some of us can do very well in some areas and not so well in others. And so if you find that you do very well with setting boundaries with work and that you manage a pretty comfortable and healthy work-life balance, but your relationships with other people outside of work, either with friends or family members, is an area where you struggle, then you may benefit from focusing on or prioritizing improving what your self-care looks like in that area. In the same way that someone who finds that they do very well with maintaining their physical self-care and that they eat healthy, they exercise uh, regularly throughout the week, um, but also has difficulty managing what their work environment looks and feels like in ways that supports their ability to be effective, then they may want to prioritize uh, behaviors listed as professional self-care behaviors. It is very common that there are times of our life or even within our week when what we normally do is not going to be effective. So I often find that remaining open to adding tools and behaviors and new ways of showing up for ourselves to that toolkit that we're developing is often helpful to our ability to be flexible when our needs change. Because as we change, our needs do too. And so do the way that we respond to those changes. Many people, including myself, are always looking for new ways to incorporate natural products in our hair and skincare routines. If you're one of those people, you may be excited to learn about Thriving Organics. Thriving Organics is one of my go-to places for organic skin and hair care products that are handmade with love and care. My favorite products right now are their organic castor oil, my hair loves it, and their rose glow oil which leaves my face feeling calm and hydrated especially after cleansing. 
Visit Thriving Organics at www.thrivingorganicsofficial.com and begin your journey to thriving skin and hair today. One of my goals in private practice is to contribute to making therapy accessible and affordable. Becoming a member of the Open Path Collective Network has allowed me to expand my client base and to offer an affordable sliding scale of $30 to $60 per session to clients who cannot afford market rates of $100 to $250 per hour. If you are a licensed clinician who would like to join the Open Path Collective Network, use the link in the show notes to sign up and let Open Path know that I sent you. Earlier in the episode, I shared that I had reached a point where I was very overwhelmed. And at that point is which I decided to take a step back and to pay better attention to how I was showing up for myself um, in the mornings when I woke up, throughout the day and my interactions with other people, um, and reflecting on how much time I was truly giving to myself at the end of each day. What that has left me with Um, is a new set of tools that I've been using and that I'm looking forward to using more of um, because I feel really good and I'm really happy about the way that I'm feeling, especially compared to being in that place of overwhelm. One of the things that I started doing was being more consistent with sticking to my client scheduling hours. What this has looked like is not scheduling clients outside of the time that I designated for seeing clients. This has been such a game changer for me. Um, It was really hard because I had a lot of fear attached to saying no to clients when asking if I was available at a certain time because saying no meant not making myself available to someone that I acknowledge needed me to be available. I've been able to work through that in ways that have supported my ability to stick to the schedule that I've identified works best for me. And I've also recognized and accepted that if I'm not showing up during the times of days where I've already acknowledged and recognized that this is when I'm at my best for clients, then I'm doing them a disservice by agreeing to show up at a time that's outside of that. So that has been great for me. Um, I feel really good about how I've been able to show up for my sessions, but also how I've been able to show up for myself and setting that boundary and being able to stick to it. The next thing that I started doing that I've been really excited about is that I've been reading. Um, When I was younger, middle school, high school, I loved to read. I spent my summers reading through um, one of my aunt's bookshelves um, every summer that I was able to be home. So through high school and when I went home during uh, for college. But going through college and going through grad school, I developed a relationship with books that did not look like a loving one. <laughs> so for a long time, I wasn't reading for fun. I was only reading what I needed to uh, to prepare for exams. And since I've been done with school, which has been a while now, I just, I struggled to get back into that pattern and routine of picking up a book and enjoying it again. So um, I picked up a book that I had bought while I was a student in college and never got a chance or never made the time to read. And that was, I can't remember how long ago it's been. I know it's been a, almost three months now since I've picked up this habit again. 
Um, And I am finishing my third book and going into my fourth this week. So I've been really excited. I feel like I've been honoring my inner child and going back to something that brought me so much joy. It served as an escape, but also an opportunity to feed my creative brain in ways that nothing else has been able to do. So that, that's been really good. Um, I start my day with, actually, I start my day with a workout, which has also been something that I've been doing. Um, and then after my workout, before I get in the shower, I pull out my book and I read for at least 30 minutes. And that has been been really good and something that I will absolutely continue doing for as long as it, it works for me. The last thing that I'm going to share is that I have taken steps to create a safe space in the form of a support group um, of some of my favorite therapist friends. Uh, Some of these women I met um, as an intern. Um, Some of them I worked with in the past and others we went through our undergrad and grad programs together. And this group of women is very, this group of women is very special to me because not only are they women that I've always had great relationships with, they're women that I trusted um, as fellow students, as coworkers, as teammates. Um, but we are all Black women working towards navigating this very white space of the world of mental health um, and being a mental health professional. I have been grateful to have been invited to into many spaces um, that were intended to be supportive spaces. However, those spaces did not include people that look like me, that share experiences with me in ways that truly left me feeling seen, heard, understood, and supported. So um, after a check-in with my mentor, who basically affirmed what I was already thinking and wanting to do, Um, yeah, I, I reached out to my friends and they were just as excited as me to have this opportunity to share and hold space for each other. Um, we've got one session down and we're going into our second one this week and already it has been great. And this is something that I'm really looking forward to showing up for, um, facilitating, and making sure that this space remains available for not just us, but hopefully maybe in the future we can open it up to other Black clinicians who are also looking for a safe space to talk, to process, to feel understood, to feel seen, um, and be able to work through some of the things, some of the barriers that we are all trying to navigate. I have officially reached that point in the episode where I feel like I am starting to ramble. (laughs) Um, But that just, that usually means that I've said everything that I wanted to say. Um, And so I'm going to close out this episode just thanking you guys again for um, appreciating what I've been sharing um, more than I ever anticipated. And I'm looking forward to continuing to share Uh, these reflections, these experiences, these thoughts, and this education with you as I continue to record and release more episodes. I will talk to you guys in the next one.
Thank you for joining me for this Cultivative Conversation. If you have not already, please subscribe to the Cultivative Conversation podcast and share this episode with a friend.